Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Good morning and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Join us and our panel of industry experts as we teach you how to better your business. I am Natalie Essman, financial strategist and your host. We have Shanna Mavis and Todd Social here. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, Natalie, um, so excited to be here. Uh, one of the things that we always think about is that if you're a business owner, you're a visionary. You're actively taking the steps to establish financial freedom and leave a legacy behind. Um, you have goals, you have dreams, and you have the commitment to achieve them. What you may not have and why we're bringing the show to you is access to experts who can provide real step-by-step -step instructions, you know, a roadmap of sorts to help you reach your destination without falling prey to the mindset that you have to fail to succeed. One of the things that Natalie reminded us, our founder always said, is that failure is not required. And we all know that building a business doesn't come with an instruction manual. Our goal is to turn roadblocks into bite-sized pieces to help better your business. That's right. So whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure you go to Pillar5.com and take your free business assessment and then join us live in our virtual studio so we can answer any questions or concerns that you have about your business on the show. That's exciting. Yes. <laughs> I see we've got a few people with us already. Um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, we're going to talk about what management today, I think, is the, the pillar that we want to focus on. Yep. Management, providing solutions um, as entrepreneurs. What do we delegate? What do we keep on our plate? Yeah. How do we learn what to delegate? Feel safe well, delegating. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a hard thing for a lot of entrepreneurs, I know. Um, and it's really just one of the pillars. I think it's important that that as we, we talk about this, that it's a reminder to people, there are five pillars to building a sustainable business. So infrastructure, management, marketing, finance, and credit. Um, and so part of what we are, all of our vision, I think, is to make sure that um, every entrepreneur knows, you know, the right steps to take at the right time. And um, by bringing in the guest expert today to focus on that management piece and just give a little bit of her experience, I think it's going to be um, beneficial for any of those business owners that are sitting out there struggling, wondering, what do I do next or how do I accomplish this? So I'm super excited about the, the topic and what we're going to be able to bring to people today. You know, many, many businesses, they struggle because they have either over management or under management. You know, sometimes they overmanage to overcompensate for areas that they lack in or sometimes yeah. they undermanage because they just want to get to the result. You know, and I was even in the boot camp this weekend where we were discussing that, where people focus on over management in, in some in areas that they struggle with or under management in areas to get a better result. And I think having the topic today is key because when we talk about management and we talk about how that plays a, a key component in the pillars that we discuss, I think management is like one of the, 
real areas that people kind of dim because they know it's a hard area to focus on. You know, it takes a certain type of person to manage what I call up. Managing up is more like when I look at basketball, because I'm a big basketball aficionado and basketball is getting ready to come back. So I got to give a shout out to that. When you look at a basketball coach, a lot of people don't understand. They think it's all the athletes that, you know, like you think, you know, the Lakers is all LeBron and things like that. It really is actually the coach and the little moves that they make to make, you know, the entire team efficient and effective. And so management actually, to me, is that key component is management is there. The type of management that you do makes you more efficient and effective. A lot of businesses are not managed. You know, people are present, but they're not managing their presence. And so I think that's going to be a key. And I think the guest that we have today is going to touch on that and really uh, give us real good insight as to what that really means. Yeah, I love that, Todd, because that's so true. I mean, it's everything. And I think about, um, you know, managers that I had previously, and it's either you respect them or you don't. They treat you like they treat you well or they don't a lot of times. Right. And so it makes a huge difference on the environment, the workplace, retention. If people are happy, how they're going to treat your business, how they're going to treat your clients. So really, it's everything. It's like that everything rises and falls on leadership. And then even we have, excuse me, John Maxwell, who talks about law of the lid. Right. Which is exactly what you were speaking to, Todd, is. And then when I think about basketball on top of it, I think about you have all these different egos involved in that as well. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's as bad as, as in your job, but thinking about if it's an, an NFL team or something, then oh, I guess that's not NFL, but <laughs> I'm a sports fan too, obviously. But um, you know, we're dealing with people who are overachievers, egos, all this stuff. It can't be easy. It can't be easy. So, But it's I like the same that. thing in business, I think, Natalie. I mean, there's a lot of ego in you know, management and quote unquote leadership you know, that, that has to go away in order for it to be effective, in order for it to be efficient, in order for you to build that, you've got to stop thinking about yourself and build that team up underneath you. Um, and, and really you're looking at it from a different perspective at that point. So there is, if if ego is there, no matter whether it's business or, you know, and, and really when it all comes down to it, um, it's business. It's just the business of basketball. It's the business, you know, it, it, I, I really have to look at it and break it down to that level where it's just like, okay, the management principles still apply. It's just a different thing that you're applying those principles to. So yeah, ego is, is going to be the downfall of any, you know, whether it's business, basketball, football, it, it, sports, um, it, the ego is <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Masha gave an amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so today we're going to be talking about it's all in the solutions that we provide. And we have uh, Drewby Patel with us this morning. She is the founder of Resource Extension. So she's going to be talking to us about that this morning. Exciting. You guys ready to bring her in? Yes. Yep. She's a fire for this one. I'll tell you. I don't know that we need coffee with Drewby around. Can we bring her? <laughs> can we bring her on screen? All right, Drewby. Good morning, Good morning, everyone. This is Drewby on decaf. How is that? Yeah. Uh oh. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. We're happy to have you and to learn more about you and and about your business. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's very, um, you're getting a woohoo, Drewby, from the audience there. All right. Um, <laughs> I love so much about your story because um, it's extensive, the experience that you have in entrepreneurship. And I love that um, even as you're talking about going through the five pillar assessment today and the different businesses as, that you've had, you can look back and see um, the trajectory that, you know, all that as you're going through it. And I'm curious to just know like some of the things that you've learned through it and, you know, we'll start from the beginning, I guess, because I'm, I'm excited. But you, know, you want to share with us a little bit how long you've been an entrepreneur and I know you're married, you have kids. Um, yeah, so I have uh, been an entrepreneur since I would say 2003, 2004. I, I forgot the count and um, um, I've started out with a, a video rental store. Like, I don't know the kids listening these days were not going to know what a VHS is, but these used to be these big tapes you put into a VCR and voila, it shows up on your TV. Um, and then, um, of course, uh, VHS were out and then DVDs came along. So we went from a larger store to a smaller store. And at that time, um, it uh, it was just uh, DVDs all over. And uh, next thing you know, within a couple years of us owning that business, uh, Netflix came along and got us. And of course, being a small business owner, we didn't have a strategy there on how to stay in business. And I wish Pillar 5 was there at that time. Um, so I wouldn't have failed so drastically in that business. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's how the journey got started. It was failure um, after failure, but it was still just not quitting, getting up and doing something else after that. Natalie, I can't hear you. Yeah. Which business did you have after your video store? So after uh, my video store, I currently also own a dry cleaners, a local dry cleaner. And um, yeah, that was another experience, a different experience coming from a DVD rental store. It's something that um, there's not so much machinery involved. So when we get, got into this business, we thought, oh, yeah, I got this. I, I could run a dry cleaners. Well, it's so different when you can run a dry cleaner versus when a machine breaks down or your presser doesn't doesn't show up. Do you know how to press clothes? That's, that's huge, right? So coming in, that's not something that we thought of. And um, such, a hard, such a huge dependency on um, employees and the, the the pool of employees that, that we would have and dependency on them, the dependency on the machinery, um, no certain knowledge on what areas to cover as a business owner so that we don't get a backlash or um, HR wise, how to how to cover ourselves. And again, that brings me back to, I wish Pillar 5 was there originally, so I wouldn't have made those mistakes, but um it, it, those are trials, trials and errors and lesson learns, I learned, I guess. Jyoti, did you guys engage um, a business coach when when you were building any of these businesses? Business coaches weren't a thing. <laughs> and and um, I think as small business owners, we always think, we say, well, I don't have money for a, for a business coach. We don't think of it as an investment. We only think of it as, well, it's an expense. Well, and with so many business coaches out there as well, at this point, you, you were looking for that right one to help help us hand, like, hand hold us and take us through that next level. 
And those are, I guess, a little difficult to find because you don't know who to trust out there, right? But yeah. it's so much out there. And during the DVD rental, like seriously, there was no business coach was not a thing. Yeah, no, yeah, we, I was thinking about that. Sorry, Jana. But no, no, even as you were talking about, oh, I wish I had like a Pillar 5 software or those types of systems. But you're right. People hadn't gone through everything yet as an entrepreneur <laughs> to pave the way, right? Yeah. So that's the beauty about the time that we're in is now you have Pillar 5 software. Now we have entrepreneurs that have gone across the minefield, so to speak, and learned. And now we're able to teach people, okay, this is how you go from A to B. And this is how you get around all the roadblocks in your way. True. Yeah, and Jen, I just noticed what Jen said. Um, when you look at things as an investment, you know, it's a game changer. And that's absolutely right, Druvi. Um, as you said that, you know, it spoke to her. It resonates with me as well. It is an investment in your business. And you are going to have to make those in order for it to grow. I mean, but expect that return on your investment. It's just getting the right components, the right people in place that can help ensure that. We all need that in order for us to grow. But yeah, it has to be looked at as an investment in your business. 100%. I, I wish it was a mandatory thing. Yeah. <laughs> when you open an LLC, it, it, it's mandatory. If you don't do this, you don't get a business license, period. So, <laughs> so you know, what's interesting is I don't know that anyone's talked about employees on the show as much as you have. So I'm curious to um, talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> Right. Because a lot of them are, you know, solopreneurs that have been on the show or just haven't had, um, I think with the businesses you've had, maybe you're, I don't know if there's more turnover in employees. Obviously, it's been a different time period as well. 100%. So when, when um, I owned the DVD rental store or the VHS store, it was, well, college kids working part time and I could work in my shop part time and we worked it out. So that was a whole different demographics that, that could work because anybody could really open up DVDs, work on a software and check it in, check it out, right? Versus your dry cleaning business. Well, I have never ironed a shirt. What was I thinking? And now the dependency is to a different level because these are industrial machines that you have to work through. And the, and the, the skills that you're looking for is completely different. So, um, not just dependency on resources, but the level of resources is different as well. And a lot of solopreneurs at this point have never hired somebody. They don't know how to manage these people. They don't even know how to onboard somebody. When we're working on our business, we never think of it as writing down these processes saying, okay, well, when a client signs on with me, what is my first step? What is my second step? If the client gets stuck, what is my step? We just work through these things and never write these things down. But now when a solopreneur's business is growing to a level where they're so inundated with their day-to-day -day stuff, that's where we come in and say, guess what? Start writing them down because you're going through the growing pains of your business take going to the next level. This is the time to write down these processes so that you can figure out what is the stuff that you can dump onto a virtual assistant, a caller, a, a lead generator, X, Y, and Z? And that's where these processes come in to um, train these employees better and for the solopreneur to take their business to the next level going, guess what? Now all my day-to-day -day ABCs that I don't need to do, I can give it to somebody else. And now I can take more sales call. I can take my business to the next level. 
I wish we could just rewind that right now yeah. and play it all back <laughs> over. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm sitting there and I'm just like inside just cheering you on because write it down. <laughs> write it down. There are processes. If you're going to do something and you want it to be repeatable and scalable, write it down so you'll know when you have to change it. You can go right to that point. It's just like, okay, let's evaluate this. What do I have here? But people... and people know you don't have to be involved in everything if you've written it down so that they can follow that pattern. It's, ah, Drivi, I can't wait for us to replay that many times yeah. over. <laughs> and Sharon, yeah. but this is where the ego comes in too, because I'm telling you as business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, we don't want to let that go. Us emailing that client, us invoicing that client, there is something in us I don't want to let go and pass it on to the next person. I don't know what it is. It's me relinquishing control to that next person. But seriously, that, my VA can do this. Why should I spend time in doing this? But there is a huge bridge that that solopreneur entrepreneur has to cross and say, not my task anymore. I'm going to let that other person do it. I'm going to give that other per person the permission to fail and try and keep getting it right. And it's not going to be my task because those 20 minutes of me invoicing, me sending out the redundant emails, now I can take those 20 minutes, 30 minutes and turn it into a sales call, turn it into a webinar, turn it into a blog, turn it into something that's going to scale my business. And when we do that, voila, we are taking it to the next level. Wow. Yeah, we've got um, a few questions coming in and it's almost time for us to take a break. Um, but yeah, Carlton Hoskins, the, the founder, he, you know, failure is not required is one of the things he says. So we definitely want to touch on that in the next segment because you said, let them fail. And, you know, so we want to challenge that just a little okay. bit. So I want to, you know, we're going to come at that. And then Todd, I think you had a question that we might be able to get into right before break, right? Yeah. So I really wanted to ask and really kind of get an understanding of how maybe the demand for hybrid work has maybe changed, changed landscape. Have you noticed a change in, um, in business because people are more trying to look for remote work or hybrid work or because of what you're looking for, has that not changed at all in, in terms of businesses that you're working with? From my perspective, it has changed a lot from the business owner's side because before there was a wall where they said, well, I need an in-person, I need someone in-person because we were never used to doing meetings just with the person around, you know, across across um, the other screen for, from us. And COVID has broken that wall and said, it's okay, I am used to doing this. I got forced into doing it. I'm used to doing it. And guess what? I am loving it. As long as I get my, that employee gets the tasks done, who cares if they're on the other side of the world? So from yeah. a business owner's perspective, 100%, it has changed um, a lot. It has just shattered that wall. Definitely. I was thinking about that earlier, Drew, because that's exactly how I felt because I was like, man, just when we went into COVID, it was getting used to being on Zoom, right? We all had this adjustment we had to make. Now it's like, hey, do, do we want to be back in person? Everyone's like, no, let's stay on Zoom, right? Yes. And it was the same thing. When I hired my VA, it was, okay, I have to get 
used to this, but I know it will happen just like it happened with Zoom when we had to start going on Zoom, right? So um, it definitely makes sense with Jamie said, breaking barriers, yes, <laughs> or doing things differently. And our assistants, you know, they're an investment as well. We have to be able to take the time to do the investment in them. I know one of the biggest challenges I've seen for entrepreneurs over the last two decades has been taking the time to invest in the assistant, right? If we don't want to slow down, we want to just throw something at them and hope they do it. But we have to take that time to sit through it, just like we were doing it through our day to teach them. It's all of a sudden we can run. We got to spend that time with them, teaching them what we need, and then we can go to the next thing. True. Looks like we are going to take a quick break um, and then we'll come back. So grab a cup of coffee, um, get some water, refresh yourself. But we'll be right back with Druvy and we're going to talk about failure and whether or not it's required in business. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Los Angeles Tribune. Since 1886, our name has been a part of the world of journalism. earned a reputation for being a publication that practices integrity, authenticity, and responsibility. For general inquiries, contact today. Thank you on behalf of the Los Angeles Tribune team. We have founder of Resource Extension, Druvi Patel, here with us this morning, learning about outsourcing. So, Druvi, what is Resource Extension and what do you provide? All right. Well, Resource Extension, we got founded about 10 years ago, and we've been, this is 11th year in the making. And I always laugh and tell people we used to have virtual assistants before virtual assistants were a thing. So we call them back office support because they're really our virtual assistants are handling the back end of the business. We offer offshore staffing for back office support personnel for a business owner and um, as well as calling people that are doing lead generation, answering services, uh, phone calls for a business and the technical resources as well. So software developers, app developers, uh, game developers, any website uh, design, graphic design, any of those uh, resources can be hired through us. And our resources sit in our offices in India. So they're not just 
random people that get hired and uh, work from home. They are um, legit college graduate um, kids that go through, I mean, people that go through a um, very strict hiring uh, process and they all get interviewed by HR. Every single employee gets interviewed by me. And then once they pass my scrutiny, they get moved along to a client. The client then gets to interview them and hire them. So it's not just one person that's given to a client and say, okay, well, this is your resource, manage them. The client gets to decide who can be on their team. Awesome. So who's an ideal client for you? It sounds like really it could be any small business. Correct. Um, we currently have mid-sized businesses that do business with us, but I have opened up the doors for small businesses because small business owners don't even know that um, hiring offshore is an option, especially minimum wage in California is 14 an hour. And for solopreneurs and, and entrepreneurs, maybe that's not their best option at this point. Maybe um, offshore hiring is a better option just for a little while so that they could scale to the next level and then have in-house employees here for their businesses. Okay, so I have a question. You know, as you were talking, one of the things that stood out to me is that you said you interview everyone, and and you know we didn't practice this ahead of time, so <laughs> so I want to keep it. No, I I want to ask because um, if there's that practice, and anyone that's thinking about going into this industry or doing any type of business like this or starting an outsourcing business, I I want them to understand from you if you're looking at it, and you're saying. Um, I'm interviewing every single person. How long is that? Is the plan for that? You know, because that's not scalable, right? Um, if you're the one that has to touch everything. And so that's part of the, you know, conversations that I've had with business owners. So it's looking at it and, and saying, okay, what's the plan going forward from this? If I'm starting this business, I know that these are, this is what it may look like right now where I'm touching all of this, but at what point do you relinquish that? So can you talk to us about your strategy for this business, um, for anyone coming into it, starting a business, um, so that they don't have to go through some of the same steps that you went through? Sure. Um, the reason I interview all the candidates, so HR does a first round. So let's say if there's a pool of, you know, 15 employees, I mean, 15 candidates, they would, they would, uh, flush it down to maybe five. And then I interview all five of them and pass them along to my clients. The reason is I am the one who is the middleman, right? Who understands the client's perspective. And I want to see if that's going to be a right fit. So for the clients not to waste time interviewing all those 15 people and saying, well, I'm here interviewing people for three hours. That's a waste of time for me. And that's the reason I have to jump in and say, okay, this may not be a perfect fit for this client and so on. Um, how do we um, go ahead and scale from there or make it a little bit easier is more of an AI, I would say, dependency on, on AI so that AI can can um, figure out if they, they, that candidate may or may not be a good fit. But again, we're losing the human touch in between when AI kicks in. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I look at it from, you know, I love your title as chief visionary officer. And, you know, visionary, if you're in that role, then it gives less time for you to be 
in that hands-on thing. And so it, I, I'm really trying to draw the distinction between the roles that you're playing in your company. So that as business owners are looking at this and watching this and saying, oh, okay, here's how I build a business. Or I know that if it looks like this now, um, I've got to switch hats. And, and Carlton, um, again, the founder of, of I Do Systems, he and I have had extensive discussions on this. And so I'm, I'm just trying to get another perspective in there, someone that can um, say, okay, I'm running a business now. I know that these are some of the choices that I've had to make. Um, if I am doing, I have a vision here, I'm playing this role now. Here's how I plan to get to that vision from, from where I am. So it really is just looking at it and, and helping them understand. Yeah, okay, and I, I would always say this is more of a clone yourself as you're scaling so that that next person is not going to do 100% what Druvi is doing, but that person is doing 90% of what Druvi is doing. And as we're interviewing more and what Druvi is looking for to pass along to the client, People know, well, okay, if I were Julie, would I do this? Or if I'm the business owner, would I do this? And we want all our resources to think in that sense of not just give me a task, I'll finish the task. No, I want you to think of it from a business owner's perspective. Is this task going to make sense for the business owner? Are the tasks we're doing, is that going to take the business to the next level? And once um, resources and employees start thinking to that level, now they are such an integral part of the business that now we're growing they're growing with us taking the business to the next level they have a sense of ownership in it now too 100 100 oh, yeah good. yeah so it's like everyone is raising up leaders 100 percent, and to think for themselves and and we were talking about failure and yes failure is not required but we got to give permission to our people our team the people that are around us to be humans and and it's okay to fail 100 percent. it's not required it's not like you're walking i'm going to trip you over just to show you what failure feels like or tripping feels like but um if if i am making the environment such for my my employees and my resources that they're walking around eggshells and and scared to make a mistake that's when we're not we're, we're putting them in a box and we're not letting them grow Agreed. Agreed. So just, just giving them the permission to say, if you fail, it's okay. You're not going to get fired over this. We're going to walk through this. We're going to take it. And how do we not fail again in the same thing? Yeah. I, and I think that's the, the, the thing I, we use. It's the definition of failure. So if we're looking at it, I, I don't consider a mistake a failure. Mm -hmm. um, I, it, it's a mistake. It, it is something that happened. We learn from it. We move on. I know the next time that I see this situation, I'm not going to follow those same patterns because I've already learned from that. But we just look at it more of as a, a misstep. I think that's the thing is we're trying to get people to redefine what what failure means. Um, when you had your video business. Yeah. Yeah. Masha, please define failure. When you had your video business and you had to close it. That to me is where you can say, OK. Mm, I failed. I, I, <laughs> I wish I strategized that better or <laughs> did enough market research to to know this was not the time to go and get into it. Yeah. But it's um, giving, and, and I agree with you when you're saying that um, people need to have that grace to and, and understanding that 
Yeah, just because you make a mistake or you don't get this quite right. And it honestly, it may not be on them. Did I write down the process? 100%. Anything, did I train them appropriately? Is this the right person for the job? I look at it for me, every business hinges on people, processes, and training. So get the right people in the right place, put the processes in place to support whatever role you've asked them to do that they're best suited for and train them the way that you expect it to go, but give them the freedom to mm -hmm. take that role. Like you said, think for yourself. You're a leader. You understand the vision of this company, mm -hmm. this organization, this nonprofit, this project, whatever it is, you understand the vision. So however, with your skill set, you feel like we can achieve this, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It removes the ego out of it and allows for the organization to flourish. 100%. And, and as, as leaders, we, we have to be comfortable and not just be comfortable, own it with that. When our team fails, the failure is mine. And when our team succeeds, the, the success is theirs. And when we start putting our team first in their, the successes and own the failures, uh, I think we're, we're taking our business to the next level. 100%. Definitely. You're quiet today, Mr. Social. <laughs> I'm just pondering a, a lot of stuff that takes me all the way back Mike, to my retail days. Are we taking it over? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's that, power, that power that's coming in. You know, what's interesting is um, I was once taught that failure is a blueprint for growth. If you allow yourself permission to learn the lesson from where you were to where you're going. And so um, and then also in that a lot of times i was given words to try to recreate what failure was so so failure to me is not failure it's actually growth so whenever i say that i failed at something i grew from something because i'm ready to grow into something else so essentially that's how for me i kind of got my management style per se so i'm big on everybody has like a management style or or word that they really connect with so my question to you is if you could describe your management style in one word, what would that word be and why? I cannot. And and that's the best okay, part about they can't. The, and the reason is okay. every time we're wearing a different management hat when yeah. when we're dealing with a different person, right? Mm -hmm. Some 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 are dealt with uh, in a very um, authoritative way and, and, and some are not, and it's just, it, it works differently. So I don't think there's one management style that, that as leaders, we get to wear, we have to switch those hats constantly. And those hats are constantly changing. Sure. So only today, I don't have a word for it. <laughs> well, the, the word could be multifaceted, right? There you go. Okay. That's the one word, Todd. Thank you. That's multifaceted. <laughs> Well, I think it's a big deal that you know when you need to change your hat and that you're aware of that. That's big. True. Okay, so you guys, um, I cannot wait. We've got to have Carlton on at, at some point so that we can talk about this because he and I got into like this major discussion <laughs> about um, switching hats in business and and how <laughs> how dangerous that can be um oh what is he saying the difference between fail and fall is one letter fail is the end fall is the beginning 
Love it. I like that. Yeah, because he's going to keep hammering that failure is not required. And I am honestly, I'm going to be right there with him, giving him the power that he needs, because I believe that as well. I think we need to start changing the language um, that that because even looking up, you know, the definition of failure, it's lack of success, which is subjective, but the omission of expected or required action. And so if you're looking at that and you're just saying, OK, I, I lack of success. Well, how was success defined? What or, or was it ever? You know, is is that really a failure then? You know, so it, you, you're going to have to define success to define failure. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking at but for us, when we're talking about, especially with Pillar 5, we're talking about sustainability as a measure mm-hmm. of success. Is your business going to last as long as what you expected it to? You know, is your business supposed to outlast you? Have you asked some of these questions? Because Mm -hmm. then you can define what success looks like to Mm -hmm. say, did I reach that? And if I'm not finished trying, then I've never failed. It means that I've fallen and I've started over. I've just changed course if I needed to. So it it really is pushing at that um, to make sure that that we have that clear definition of what failure and success. Um, Multivisionary executives, he says, ah, I think he's talking about you, Drewby. <laughs> I, I love I love your perspective, Shanna. I, I think you are right, and you made me think of it in a different way. I, I agree that the definition has to be changed. Yay. I can see I had to concede that point to Carlton about wearing different hats. So now I get a point conceded. But yeah, I, I guess we, we're we're gonna keep pushing that message though. I think the more of us as um as leaders, as as um visionaries as entrepreneurs the more of us that are looking and saying okay you're not failing mm-hmm. just because you you know maybe you haven't really defined success so mm-hmm. you're quitting before mm-hmm. you can get to that point let's take let's have that conversation about what your business is supposed to look like what you who you're trying to serve what mm-hmm. needs to be put in place in order for you to get to that point but but don't give up I mean, mm-hmm. because, yeah, at that point, I will say, again, I have to concede, you you did fail because yep. you stopped trying. Yeah. But maybe it's because as you didn't you know. you stop getting back up. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you stopped trying and you stopped getting back up. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome because then you're driven. You're like, I got someone that can help you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and part of that is what I love about outsourcing too is it's a very, very affordable. So for me, I felt like when I, cause I, I do business with you, right. It didn't really matter what was going on in the economy. It's how I felt. I could always pay her because it was affordable. <laughs> right. 100%, I mean, it was yeah. an easy one. So it never had to be a stress or a concern. Whereas before, you know, there's a lot of pressure on business owners to pay our staff. We're always paying everybody else. We put ourselves last most of the time, right? And so doing the virtual assistant, it's like, you know. Yeah, and, and no office space needed, no overhead costs, no litigation costs attached to it. It's, I mean, it's really a win-win for, for a business owner. Yes. 
You know what I've loved about it too is I feel like I'm really making a difference for my assistant. <laughs> and you talked about that too a little bit, yeah. maybe, right? But everything that she's learning about being a business owner, how excited it gets her, how excited she is to start the day and learn more about business and what are we going to do today? And so that helps fuel me too, right? So it's exciting. 100%. They, and, and, and a lot of times I'll, I'll get... Uh, arguments of oh well it's like them working in a sweatshop it is not they they come to our ten thousand square feet offices with the views on you guys this is not a sweatshop seriously they have uh, tea served to them they take their breaks all of it is there they're 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 not working in like no lights no ac no fan sort of situation so we we gotta stop making it look like that it's not it's 100 percent not and, and natalie you know you could do you could do facetime with with your assistant anytime and and you'll turn the camera around, check out the view. <laughs> so um, it's really not that. And, and they're well paid and they're more than happy to, to, to work. And, and it's amazing for them. They're working for, for a U.S. business. And it's fantastic. It's one of their dreams. Like, oh, wow, I want to work for a U.S. company. How cool is that? I keep telling, her, telling uh, Jenny, I want to go to India. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do a swap. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the next that's the next reality show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is time for us to take a quick break and then we'll come back and, and wrap everything up with Dravi Patel. So um, give us a few minutes. We'll be right back. A wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com, where businesses get it right. I use Colette Portis's goalie system, but don't take my word for it. Hear it from others who know it works. So the goalie system and Colette helped me develop a plan for my business, a very systematic approach to growing my business, and it helped me find clarity as to who I serve and what it is exactly that I do. Goalie provided me clarity on my business and helped me put together a structure to actually implement a plan that would make our business successful. I experienced Colette through the MBA for CEOs and one of the tools they used was her goalie book and subsequent workbook. And I will have to say that that system that she created is quite frankly ingenious. Are you ready to grow your team, increase your revenue and build your legacy? Let Goalie guide you to success. Order your Goalie bundle today at Amazon.com or ColettePortis.com. And we're back with Drewby Patel Resource Extension. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Yes, um, Drewby, one of the things that we talked about, I know we don't have much time left, but you, you touched on the business that you started, um, the video business. Um, how did you get into that? I guess um, I, I want business owners that are watching this to be able to identify where they are at any given, you know, if they can identify with you, 
they're going to learn some lessons that you've already learned and hopefully that prevents them from failing it allows them to maybe see that they've fallen and here's a way out or here's something that i learned from this experience so would you mind sharing a little bit more of how you got into that business um when you kind of saw things turning you know just the, i know that it's you know vulnerable it's vulnerable time but yeah <laughs> just share that with us i think that'll help 100 i think it's, we all should learn we should all talk about our failures because it's going to help that next person not make the same mistake so getting into this business um we we were looking for a business to invest into and uh, the video store seemed like an awesome option at that time and right out of college little did i know that um you have to do the background um you, you need to have as much knowledge and research you have to do on a business how long uh, is this business going to be scalable for again which which level the business is in if this was already at maturity level so again i wish pillar five was there at that time because i i we didn't know about this right netflix was there already there but they were such a small company and there's so many so many other companies out there um we didn't think online uh, streaming was going to be a thing at that time and I wish I had somebody to, to handhold and say, well, take a step back. Don't put such a big investment into this. And um, I would say research, research, research 100% before jumping into it, before investing your time and money into this. Um, go to Pillar 5, try to understand what what level a business is in and then then hire a coach and figure out if it's for you or not invest into that first and then jump into the business so do you think that uh the research 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 advice i think that that sound um is it the same if you're starting a business versus like you were buying into one mm -hmm. so do you feel like it's yes? So let's take an example for for someone uh, opening their own candle making business, right? They would make candles at home and and start selling it. Well, number one, research how many other candle people are out there. How are they doing? Where are you going to sell? How long are you going to sell for? Are you solving a problem? First of all, that's the huge thing, right? Who is your competition out there? Because it's going to matter a lot. And, and if, if money is your only goal into going into a business, that's not going to work because you're not solving a problem. You're solving your own problem of the money, but there's a million other candle people out there, for example. So we got to we got to really think, are you making a difference there uh, into someone's lives? And what is your end goal? And that's where companies like uh, Pillar 5 would kick in and say, OK, well, wait a second. Let's think this through. Let's draw a map for you of two years down the road, six years down the road, and so on. I love that. And, um, and this was not a commercial, just, just saying. This was not prepared <laughs> for, for the viewers. I, I genuinely. <laughs> feel that it's it's huge to to reach out and and ask for that help and say i'm in this situation what do i do yeah agreed and there's another thing i, I feel like there's so many things that we're going to just end up replaying that you've said um because when you said if you're in it just for the money it's not going to work 
You're you're only solving a problem for you, and you're really not even solving a problem for you. Yeah. Truth be told, um, because how much is enough? When yeah. is it ever going to be enough? What are you willing to do to do? You know, mm-hmm. your mindset shifts, and your that drive and determination is misplaced. It, it's not serving anyone, mm-hmm. not even you. So yeah, I, Druvy, keep bringing the wisdom, man. <laughs> Peterson put this allows entrepreneurs to work in their flame where they are excited and passionate. And I just makes me think how many people go into entrepreneurship and they're looking just like you're talking about, Drew. Well, if it's just about the money. Okay, well, when when the money's out of the way or when I'm tired, when I'm burnt out, when I've had this 20 hour day, when I'm dealing with adversity, what's going to keep me going? And it has to be the passion for what you're doing. Right. hundred percent. Awesome. Todd Social. I'm muting, but I think he froze. There he is. <laughs> There's so much to to really dive into, but I think you know one of the questions that I'm I'm thinking about, or just thinking it overall. So from your previous businesses to this current business, it it feels like you really hit your mark. Like you you know who you are, like a lot of businesses don't have an understanding of of sustainability or their identity per se, right? And it feels like you're meeting that right now. So you are actually a part of the businesses that have sustained themselves and, you know, for a longer period than most businesses actually do. So Mm -hmm. how about you share with the audience maybe some of your insider thoughts as to how they can help themselves sustain because that's, that's key. Scale is definitely one thing. We want every business to scale, but mm-hmm. they first got to put in the foundation. And it feels like you learn from your business before to get a better foundation to your business now. So is there anything that you kind of learned during that journey that could help other people? Yes, definitely. I think it's a great question, Todd. Um And I'm going to change the words. I'm not going to say fail. I'm going to say make the mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and learn from those mistakes and 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 have the processes written down. And when we understand that this process is not working, change it. And and scale your business in a way in the, that stop working in your business. There's an excellent book called E-Myth um, Revisited. If, if entrepreneurs have not read that book, they have to read this book because it shows us so we're so involved in the day-to-day operations that we're not able to take that third person perspective and look down and have a vision for our business. And slowly, as we are growing our business, we have to step back and let our people do their thing and 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 say, okay, well, now is the time for me to look at it from an eagle eye perspective and take my vision to the next level. Um, so yes, um, make mistakes, write down the processes, um, write down your vision and your vision can change. It's okay for your vision to change from the time we start. And and as we're growing, it is okay for the vision to change. That's the whole goal of life. Keep changing the vision, keep improvising on it. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you there. Yeah. And there are times going to, there are going to be times where we're going to stumble and it's okay to stumble. Just get up on and let's go the next day. Yeah, that's life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Emails? Yeah, sure. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, love I love it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that Masha, yeah, Masha put that on there as well. I think that's one that we've all talked about. It's just like that is a staple. It has been one mm-hmm. of the best books that I have read this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing, Masha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to see if we can find him. Anyone that knows Michael Gerber. We'd love to have him on the show. Anyway, you know, we're just putting it out there, putting it out there. <laughs> you, you want Michael I know Gerber? Michael uh-huh. You want Michael Gerber? I know. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll Todd. Yes. <laughs> we ask and you shall receive. That's right. <laughs> uh, this has been amazing. Yes, it's has. So what else, should, what else should our viewers know about resource extension? You want to talk about maybe some of the packages or I don't know. Yeah. So um, without getting into the, the nitty gritty, but uh, again, the packages are our back office uh, support staff works full time. And uh, so does our, our calling staff. They all work the U.S. shift. So the clients get to decide which shift they want them to work. There are a lot of jobs that are, for example, data entry jobs where the client will say, well, I don't want a dead time in the sense when the U.S. is sleeping, India is up at that time and the people come into the offices, do the data entry work. So when the U.S. business comes in here at eight o'clock, the data is ready for, for it to move along. So we have several options and times that clients get to pick and choose. And the benefit of having um, resource extension as a partner is we help clients Higher and after that, it's it's their employees to train and mold and uh, and be, have them be a part of their uh, be a part of their team and grow without having to worry about the overhead costs and uh, workers' compensation insurance and A B C A B C and C's. So it's really just having a, a resource on the other side of the screen to to help you take that load off. That person to delegate to. <laughs> yep, hundred yeah. percent. Write down those processes, hire, hire, and then now, now, go sell. Do what, do what you are good at doing. The rest of the stuff, the assistants can hide. They can can handle. Well, it sounds like you might even need the assistant to write down the processes. <laughs> there you go. I, I was talking to a business owner and he goes, I don't have time to write down the processes. I'm like, that's what the phone is for. Put it on mic, start writing your processes down when you're driving. That's okay. Don't don't pull over to write it. Just speak it and, and it will type for you. And then pass it along to the assistant so they can type it all in nice flowcharts and however it needs to be. That is fantastic. Awesome. Looks like we have your website up too, giving it yeah. a so cool. Maybe Carlton's looking for a VA. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Drewby, thanks so much for being with us here this morning. It was great having you. Thank you for all the wisdom that you brought. Yeah. Um, you're just awesome. I always enjoy spending time with you. You have such a great bubbly 
personality, but I also have so much respect for the businesswoman you are, wife, mom. Um, you wear those hats easily and effortlessly, and you enjoy the process, which is one of my favorite things about you. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Resource Extension. Check it out. See if you can use a VA, right? Leverage your business, create space for yourself to stay in the big so your business can make more money and be scalable and sustainable. So thank you, Drewby. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it so, so much. Thank, thank you. you. All right, wrapping it up, Mr. Todd Social. <laughs> um, so for me, it was really a, a learning show because I really like to understand people's kind of management style and the way they kind of make things work. And it seems to me like, you know, one thing that Drewvy really tapped into is understanding that what she did in the past does not control her future. I think a lot of, you know, businesses isolate themselves or, or stagnate themselves from growth because they focus more on their, their failures and they just don't say, okay, I fell, I'm, I'm going to get back up right now. And I heard that a lot over and over again. And I think that's a really good uh, resource to understand that it's not fail, it's fall. And you can get back up, you can grow from that. And obviously she grew from a previous business, you know, into yes. the business that she has now, which is, to me, is the sign of a, of a great entrepreneur. It's not the mistakes you make, it's the growth you have from those mistakes. And that's what I learned the most from her today. Definitely, she's such a chameleon. Even when she was talking about working with different people and yep. shifting herself to work with the other people, not expecting something different from them. But yep. how do I shift myself to be effective so I can communicate well with that person, so I can lead them, so we can grow together. That was what one thing that I loved from having her on the show today. Completely. Completely. What about so, you, Shanna? Honestly, my takeaway was something you said, Todd. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At the very beginning, when you were saying, you know, overmanaging and, and undermanaging as the cause of problems, and I, I really do believe that um, business owners need to understand that as they're going through and thinking about this important pillar mm -hmm. um, that there's a balance that you have to have. And you know, you you guys talked about it in your boot camp. Um, there's so much around this topic that we really need to explore and look at it. Druvy's got a solution and I love that and her passion, you know, that, that came through. But, um, you know, we also need to look at other, you know, just real practical aspects of it. If you're taking this on, if you're not outsourcing and you're taking this on, understand that there is a balance between managing and it really is that, that um, you should be raising up leaders, not, not as concerned with, you know, managing the processes is as far as setting them and then raising up leaders that can come in and make sure that that's what makes the sense, the most sense to get you to your vision. So um, it was really just that, that I, I felt like that set a good tone for the show. Um, mm -hmm. And as people could hear her, they could understand, oh, here's ways to avoid this or here's what I need to look for when I get ready to outsource this. So um, kudos to you for you know, sharing that with us because that's what stood out to me. It's very true. Yeah, mic drop right there, Shanna. You were on it today. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you to the LA Tribune and I Do Systems for sponsoring today's show. Go to Pillar5.com, take your business assessment, do something today that will help you better your business. Have a great week, everyone. We look forward to seeing you next Monday live on the Better Your Business Show. Take care.
Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. <laughs>